Please thank you for mercy, thank you for power, thank you for knowledge, thank you for wisdom. Immortal, invisible, God only wise. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Lord, keep us burning. Give us oil in our lamb, Lord. Keep us burning. Keep us burning. Let's pray for strength for everyone that is weak now. Please thank you for mercy. Those who are weary among us from Barabeshuprakamalaburodesi. Lord, give us oil. Give us oil. Give us oil. Mashigra Kabrendesu. Thank you, Sovereign Lord. In Jesus' matchless name, we have prayed. You are very welcome tonight. Um, tonight, we are going to continue from the book of Job, chapter 33 from verse 29, and then we're going to chapter 34. Give God the praise for sparing your life. He answers our prayers as we call on him. I remember what we asked him yesterday for spirit of insight, and he has given insight to us. Let us give God praise. Let us exalt him. Let us magnify him. Let us thank him for, even today, I begin to pray now for more knowledge from God today, that the Lord will fill you today with the spirit of revelation of his word. As we look at the word of God today, we will have deep insight. Deep insight. That will be, you know, very, very challenging. God will open our eyes to understanding the word. Hallelujah. So my contribution is from Job chapter 32, verse 21 and 22. That I will show partiality to no one, nor will I flatter any man. For if I were skilled in flattery, my maker would soon take me away. We are able to establish the personality of Elio through the expression of his words. Though young, but full of the spirit, wisdom, courage, and sincerity. He initiated his comments on Job's ordeal by declaring not to be impartial in judgments, nor practice flattery, but to stand for the truth. Like also, Jesus relating the word to us. Well, who is our great uh, mediator? That's uh, Job 33:23. Through a ransom and atonement, the same Job 33:24. Why do God speak in these ways? He speaks to one man of his wrongdoing. Why should God speak in this way? Through sickness, affliction, and to warn us of our wrongdoings. So also another reason to keep us from pride and to preserve us from perishing. May we have ears to listen to what the Spirit is saying to us tonight. Also speak to us in dream and vision at night. I'm just trying to read it to us from the, from the Bible verses since we didn't read it tonight. When this sleep fall on man, God speaks. So when you when you're about to go to bed, make sure that you ask, ask God to speak to you. So that you can you can experience what it needs to speak to the nation, what it needs to speak to you personally, what it needs to speak to the church of God, what it needs to speak to man, or what it needs to speak to your family. So since we now know that in dreams, in a vision, not having nightmares, I'm not talking about nightmares here, but talking about vision, dreams, 
of the night, when we are in deep sleep, or when deep sleep fall on men, verse 15 of that 33, where we slumber in our beds, he may speak in our ears and terrify us with warning. Sometimes God whispers. I pray that we get to that stage. You know, when the man of God is praying that we should ask for a gift of the Spirit, we should demand for this. It's necessary for us as we go along. The 33 to 34. He said, but if not, then listen to me. Be silent and I will teach you wisdom. May God help us to humble ourselves in everything that we do in Jesus' name. 23 to 24, God forgives. Can I also tell us this little note that I put here? I said, God's ways is not to bring us back to himself through repentance. His grace and God's way is to bring us back to himself through repentance. His grace. He may send a mediator to help the sinner learn the lesson. As Jesus is our mediator. As he was mediating on behalf of Job. He wants him to learn and redeem him from death. There's a scripture reference here, 1 Timothy chapter 2, 3 to 6. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom from all men, draw more strength through Jesus to live a godly life, to live a pure life, and be reflecting the light in this year of light, to win more souls to the kingdom. He gave himself as a ransom for all men. We, we, we tend not to listen, we tend not to hear. We only see our problems. But here we see Elihu, who pleaded with Job to listen to him. And in that verse 29, God does all things to a man twice, even three times. To turn back his soul from the pit, that the light of life may shine on you, on him. So sometimes you see yourself in a very difficult situation. God just do that to help us, or to help you to shift focus, so that you can turn your eyes on him again, the author and the finisher of our faith. When this happens, here I you say, pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent and I will speak. Because Job was just blabbing, condemning, saying God was seen and saying all sorts of things. But thank God for people like Eliud that was able to call his attention back. Say, pay attention, Job, and listen to me. Be silent and I will speak. In times of need, let us listen to people that God has used, that God, God wants to use to rescue us. Instead of following or thinking of our own way. People that God wants us to fall to. Let us listen to them. Let us discern for ourselves what is right. Let us learn together what is good. Can you leave that? Can I leave that with you tonight? We must learn to discern ourselves what is right. And learn together what is good. When we have these good qualities, then things will work out very good for us. Job says, I am innocent, for God denies me justice. Is that true? But, Job denies me, but God denies me justice. Although I am right, 
I'm considered a liar. I want you to look at those words. I'm innocent. God denies me justice. I am right. <coughs> I'm considered a liar. I'm uh, uh, guiltless. His arrow inflicts an incurable wound. Sorry about this. What man is like Job who drinks corn like water? He keeps company with evildoers. He associates with wicked men. For he says, it profits a man nothing when he tries to please God. So listen to me, you men of understanding. Far be it from God to do evil. I want to encourage you to, maybe you find yourself in such a situation like Job and you are bloody. I say to you, far be it from God to do evil. God does not do evil. Began now to, 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 to speak, Eliu, the man of great wisdom, began to speak of the sovereignty of God. And that's one of the things I love about this book of Job. Evil is sovereign. From the Almighty to, to, to do wrong. If far be it for him to do evil, Far be it for God to do wrong. He repays a man for what he has done. He brings upon him what his conduct deserves. He does not do evil. He protects us from Satan, but sometimes when we play ourselves into the hand of Satan, then because of the word of God, things happen to us, but it's not because God does evil. It is unthinkable, it's unthinkable that God will do wrong, that the Almighty will pervert justice. God is not partial. Hear this, listen to what I say. Can he who hates justice govern? Will you condemn the just and mighty one? Is he not the one who says to kings, you are worthless? And to nobles, you are wicked. It's only God that can say that. Tell the truth. If a wordless king, and who shows no partiality to princes, this is the God we serve, and does not favor the rich over the poor. This is the God we serve. They don't give uh, the, 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 the rich people the high position and put poor. Less, no. The God we serve is not partial. The sovereignty of God. These are the attributes of everything we do. He says the eyes of the Lord goes to and fro all over the world. He sees it. Even if you are your hiding place in your bedroom, in your bathroom, anywhere you are, God sees what you are doing. That's why you cannot walk with a sinful from God. God has no need. He punishes them for their wickedness. A godless man from laying snares for the people. Suppose a man says to God, I am guilty, but will offend no more. 
Suppose a man says to God, teach me what I cannot see. If I have done wrong, I will not do so again. Should God then reward you on your terms when you refuse to repent? You must declare, not I. You must decide. Sorry about that. Not I. So tell me what you know. Men of understanding declare, wise men who hear me say to me, Job speaks without knowledge. His words lack insight. Oh, that Job might be tested to the utmost for answering like a wicked man. To his sin, he adds rebellion. Scornfully, he claps his hands amongst us and multiplies his word against God. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy words. Mm-hmm. May we not speak angry words against God in our distress. That takes me to the note. Any who proclaim God's justice and God's righteousness. This is what God wants us to do in the, in the world that we are in. Remember, we are not of the world. We are just passing through. If any who could proclaim God's justice and God's righteousness, that's what we are to do in the world. Must go out there to proclaim God. Not only God, his justice and his righteousness. Ascribe greatness to him. Ascribe glory to him. Ascribe power to him. Let the nation know that is coming soon. For that reason, they must know God. Elihu accuses Job of arrogance. How? Look at what he said in that 34, 2 to 4. Say, hear my words, you wise men. Because sometimes we might be wise in our own eyes. We, we don't take it as arrogance. But in this scripture, it was arrogance. You that has been upright, that lived a good life, everybody knows you in the city and everything, and speaking bad about God. This was Job. So Elihu, with a great word of wisdom, came and was accusing Job of his arrogance. We can never be arrogant before God. Take care of my words. You that is wise in your own eye. Listen to me, you men of learning. And this is friends too that are wise with him. They could not give an answer because Job keeps on suppressing them with what he has done. With the good things that he has done and look, your, your work <laughs> cannot save you. Your work cannot save you. <laughs> when the role is called up yonder, wonder how many <laughs> will be there because it's not by works that you are saved. It's by his grace. You must know that. Say, hear my words, you wise men. Listen to me, you men of learning, you men that, that know too much. But sometimes people know too much and they tell you that they know. Which God are you talking about? And only you've been a younger person. When did you get born again? Is this Bible I've been reading before I even conceived you? This Bible I've been, no, 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 no. May God help us. For the ear, text, word, whatever the lifestyle that you are going through. I will advise that you take it, everything to God in prayers. God is the only one that understands our situation. And he will take us there in Jesus' name. 
So this uh, Job's friend Elihu, he, the words that were coming out of his mouth were seasoned with salt, like great words of God. Talked about God and, and, and was trying to show God again, remind Job again. This is the God we serve. We will not live in this situation. He's a God that is powerful. He's awesome God. He's the only one that can help you out of this situation. So we, saw, we see the picture of uh, Elihu encouraging Job in his uh, low estate. In this Elihu's second speech, we notice that he was indeed a mediator. He was not only a mediator, but a mediator that is equipped to do good works. He fiercely defended God's right to act uh, on, on uh, to tell of the sovereignty of God. This was a point that he debated with Job. Firstly, he accused Job of speaking in ignorance and rebellion. That we see in verse 1 and 10. Though God never chastised Job for such attitude. In his advice, talking about the sovereignty of God, which I mentioned to you while we are reading it, he was complaining. He accused Job of complaining that there will be no profit to refrain from sin. He continued from the previous chapter to expand on Job's attributes, on God's attributes. He puts it this way. He portrays the righteousness of God, stating that he does no evil. You bear with me, I was trying to bring it out to you while I was reading to you. Talks about the righteousness of God. He said, God does no evil. These are some of the attributes that I'm going to mention to us. In portraying the righteousness of God, he also states that God punishes. He also states that God is just. He states that God is all-powerful. It also states that, to mention but a few, God is almighty. That was, from that was 10 downwards, you begin to see all that I've mentioned to you. We can also reference this to the songwriter who wrote this great song. You know, I love hymns. So when I'm reading the scripture, sometimes God and some powerful song that we sing, sometimes it comes to me. And you can see the attributes of God in this great song. It said, ascribe greatness to our God, the rock. His word is perfect. And all his ways are just. So, Elihu was saying that, look, God does no evil. His ways are just. A God of faithfulness without injustice is good and upright, is he. Let us note other words that made him a faithful God. In that Job 34, 14. If it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and, and uh, breath, it was not his intention. God can do and undo. He can take his spirit, but God is kind. He's good. So we must ascribe greatness to him. Some of us in that scripture as well that explain his faithfulness in that 34 verse 18. Is he not the one who says to kings, 
you are worthless to nobles, you are wicked. Say it as it is. God is not partial. I was telling us some of the things that talks about God's greatness. That 34 verse 11. And we can also see through the book of Psalm, which are that in the Lord has also believed in us. God is faithful. He redeems our life from the pit. Some of us are supposed to have died and gone. Some of us are supposed to still be in the world. But he redeems our lives from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion. Some of us are supposed to be in nightclub now, but we are in God's own uh, 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 battle. And that verse 5, that's Psalm 103 said, Who satisfy your desire with good things? God is good. So that our youth is renewed like eagles. In verse 7 to 10 of that Psalm 103, I want you to keep this and uh, use it as praise when you praise God. Or even in the midst of difficult situations, always know that God is faithful. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel, which is true. That Psalm confirms the faithfulness of God. Say the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in love. So find yourself, it's not God that is causing it. But maybe we have allowed ourselves to get into the uh, sin of the devil and we have played game with the devil and then God has, uh, he, he honors his name, uh, his word more than his name according to that Psalm. 137 verse 2, 139 verse 2. Say so the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he above his anger forever. Just know that God is sovereign. He can do and undo. And he forgives easily. You only need to come to him faithfully and come back to him. He's faithful and just to forgive us for unrighteousness. He does not treat us as our sin deserves or repay us according to our iniquities. That is the God that we serve. He said, as far as the east is from the west. This is a familiar psalm that we all know. So far as he removed our transgressions from us. I read it to you. He redeems our life from the pit and crowns us with love and compassion. He satisfies desire with good things so that our youth is renewed like it goes. Made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he have his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sin desire or repay us according to our iniquity. So let us not give false complaint to God. That ends the book of Job, chapter 34 today. When next we meet, go straight to 35 and 36. Eliu reminds Job of God's justice. May the Lord bless his words. And I also encourage you that you are strong people, raised in a strong church and a word church, a prayerful church. Let us keep on holding on to the word of God and we'll be promoted in it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Wow, this is very interesting. The life of Job has been a very interesting life to study in the Bible. He is one of the, uh, you know, very interesting, most interesting characters in the Bible. The reason is because we started from Job 1, where God himself looked upon the face of, of the earth and said to the devil, did you see, did you observe my servant Job? And God gave accolades about Job and said he was a man, he's a man of integrity, he's a man that feared the Lord, that shuns evil. For God to look upon a man and describe a man like that out of great satisfaction, I think that is a lesson for us to learn. And we need to apply this to our personal life, that if Job in the time of conscience, he was not born in time of grace, which is the time of Christ, you know, could be noticed by God among all human beings that live on the face of the earth. I think you and I, who are now born in the time of grace, and we have the indwelling spirit of God in us, we need to aspire to attain that high. <clears throat> of course, we are not saved by works, but let me tell you something. You know and agree with me. Though we are not saved by works, but we are saved to do good works. And that is the area that a number of believers miss out from because you're doing good works after salvation is what intimates you with the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that is what brings you to the place where God can reveal secret things to you and I. Now, second thing that I observe when talking about Job is the fact that we look at Job, how Job, you know, was talking to God and questioning God, and why me? But, you know, you know my works, you know this, you know about all what I've done. He told all his life to God, as if God does not know it, which is not a good attitude. <clears throat> I said just uh, yesterday in the Bible study in the morning, the Shiloh Pillar, that, you know, I believe very much that uh, if any one of us was the person in the shoes of Job, I don't think we'll do better than Job. <laughs> I don't think we, we, some of us may even do worse than Job. You know, because, you know, if you look at the, religious, the religiosity of uh, people like Job, Abraham, and the rest of them, that is the kind of religiosity God wants from us. They were people who are active with God and conscious of God in everything to so the place where children of Job will, will, will just go and do their own normal life. And Job will go and sacrifice to God and say, God, please, I beg you, for adventure, my children have sinned against you. It's a man that, that shuns evil and loves God. And God demands that from the Lord. However, let us look at the problem of Job. The Bible says he had boy. Well, all, first of all, all his, he was the wealthiest man in the, in, in, in the, in the, in the, in the time. He was the most godly man too upon the face of the earth. And so God blessed him so extremely among people. And suddenly, within a week, he lost all his wealth, lost all his children to his wife. That his wife came to him and said, curse God and die. And that was the end of the wife. Okay. So now, he now met himself. Somebody who has many friends, who always, he's always busy, he's always giving party, you know, feeding the hungry and all stuff like that. He now became a man who is homeless. Not only was he homeless, not only was Job homeless, Job was homeless, and then he had boil. Let me describe the boil again. Boil all over his head, 
boil all over his hand and body. Boil in his palm. Boil on his legs and boil under his foot. So he cannot stand and painful boil. First of all, if he stands, he'll be in pain. If he sits down in his body, his bones is full of wound. If he lays his side, it's full of wound. And whichever way he moves to, it's full of wound. So he decided to lie down there. And you understand, if a man is suffering like that, how can he eat? He doesn't have a hand to eat. So he was without food. He would barely drink water. To drink water is pain because the hand he will use to take the water is full of sore. And then he now went into, you know, ashes and he was using ashes to bath. Maybe ashes will cool down the pain. And you know when you put ashes in a sore, it burns more. This man, you need to put yourself in the shoes of Joe to really understand what Joe went through. Joe went through the most excruciating pain. I believe very much that that is the highest height any man can be tempted. That is the worst thing the devil can do because the devil did not have this power to kill him. So he decided not to kill his body, you know, to, you know, to that destroy, but just to afflict his body with all what he can. He did everything. And these are works of evil spirits. In collaboration with satanic spirit. I would get that. So, inflicted him with all this stuff. So that's the reason why Job, without the Holy Spirit, what will a man be? So he came to a time, he had been praying and, you know, thanking God. Then he came to a time, began to question God. God, But what have I done? What have I done? You let evil people live. Look at these people who are not serving you. You are allowing them to enjoy peace. They are living. I see all these bad people. Is it bad to do good? And God was quiet looking at him until Elihu came to the scene. And then Elihu began to challenge his dark counsel. However, let me say this to us because Mommy said, talked about, you know, trials that uh, in that very chapter 30, 30 uh, I think it's the end of 33 that I was reading, that God, uh, you know, can afflict, you know, if you read 33, yeah, that God can speak through affliction, yes. you know, from verse 15 downwards. He said, God sleeps, he speaks to us in dreams, you know, in front of his lumber, speaks, uh, you know, terrified, you know, and uh, that God sometimes, verse 19, or a man may be chastised on his bed of pain by constant distress and his bones. You know, all those things, when we fall sick, you know, it doesn't mean that that means God is chastising us. But however, sometimes God will chastise us with, with, with sin and uh, with a sickness because of the way that we have, uh, the way we're going. And if we keep on going that way and we are not humbled by the hand of God, we will end up losing heaven. And it's better for God to stop us with infirmity so that you who have been so proud and all stuff like that, when God crushes your body, you will humble yourself. You'll be begging and pleading and, you know, what you should do, you know, with people before instead of arrogance to them. You will even go beyond humility. You will recognize that there is nothing about, about you that you are arrogant for. And sin of arrogance is always one of the main catalysts that can provoke, you know, God chastising man with such affliction. 
or humbly man or somebody who had been high before in an office and when it was a boss, he was proud, he was oppressing the, the junior ones and stuff. And then suddenly something happened, he lost his job, lost his position, everything. And then he now became somebody who had to go and be pleading for job. And of course, to the people who have been oppressing who are junior now, God had raised them to high place. And then when he comes in, he discovered that he has to now learn how to, to, to also beg. So, but we know this that this we, we must be very careful in our behavior and our character. What about somebody who is always angry? You know, anger comes with pride, isn't it? Anybody who is very angry, man, is, is because of his pride. I've told you, anger resides in the last of food. The Bible says all those characters that are flesh, you know, provoked, you know, ego, you know, yeah, and all stuff, those things attract punishment from God. Because God talked to you, talked to you, talked to you, you don't agree, you don't like consent. He will now send an afflictor to humble you. I have characters in my life that I can talk about, you know. And of course, saying that is to say to you that that is one way God speaks. But there are some other ways that God speaks, which is, yes. Yes. Can I just quickly read uh, to Rosa to confirm this from Isaiah chapter 1? Those of you that were with me when we studied Isaiah you see, they said, a rebellious nation. Hear, O heavens. Listen, O earth. For the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up. Mm. For they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his master. The donkey, his owner's manger. But... Israel does not know me. That is God's own people. Mm. My people do not understand. Verse 4. Ah, sinful nation. A people loaded with guilt. A brood of evil doers. Children given to corruption. Mm. They have forsaken the Lord. They have spawned the Holy One of Israel. And so I must be very careful. If you have known God before, you are backsliding. Said they have spawned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs to Him. Why should you be beaten anymore? This is God here. Why do you persist in rebellion? Your whole head is injured. Your whole heart afflicted from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. There is no soundness. Hmm. Only wounds and welts, that is, decayed wounds, and open sores, not cleansed, or bandaged, or soothed with oil. Look at a country now, your country is desolate, your city is burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners, right before you, laid waste as when overthrown by strangers. Mm. He continues on and on when he gets to that verse 19 now to call them, let us reason together. Yes. You know, so God afflicts people when they are disobedient. So if you look at Job chapter 5 as well, verse 17 says, Blessed is the man who God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Lord Almighty. Mm. For he wounds, but he also binds up. Mm. He injures, but he his hand also heals. And we look also at uh, the scripture in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, verse 1. 
Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but will bind up, bind up our wounds. Say, so after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. We understand the fact that <coughs> wickedness of man, when God's people go into wickedness, one of the trust, one of the weapons is God chastises and it brings you back by affliction sometimes. So, but if anybody was in affliction of this kind, uh, you know, not of this type, we will have various afflictions, you know, sometime, if we, you know, which may happen. What should we do? We have two characters, Job and Christ. If you look at Christ, they put thorns on his head, they beat him, they matulated him. However, Jesus never spoke a word. If you look at the book of Isaiah 53, verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was oppressed and afflicted. If Job, uh, I think I would say that if Job had the Holy Spirit, <laughs> that's what he would have done. He would not have opened his mouth. Jesus came and was afflicted. If you look at the affliction of Jesus Christ, it was very terrible. Very, very terrible. Both mentally and, you know, soul-wise, body-wise. His body was shredded, alive. He was beaten. His, his veins were ripped off. His ribcage was torn. And then he was pierced in his ribcage. So, and tons of, of crown was put on his head, and they hit him on the head again and again, saying prophesy to us. You know, so, if you look at Jesus in his home, he did not open his mouth. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his sharers, is silent. So, he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? And this is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I was said that then, we must know this, that James says to us also, which is going to be my last reference, and we pray, the book of James. Because every one of us will have time of trial in life. This was not temptation going on. It was trial, test of faith is what Job went through. Alright, but God loved him so much. God loved his children so much too. That whenever you are going through those times, though God permitted the times to come and the season, but God is not happy. God is not happy. God cannot wait for you and I to pass the test and the period is over and he will come in and he will rescue us. Now, if you don't suffer, you will know not comfort. You know today we read the book of uh, um, Second Corinthians. Very, very interesting. If you look at the way our Bible study is, <laughs> he seemed as if it was arranged, but it wasn't arranged. It's Let me read. Arranged. It's God's arrangement. Let me read what you read today. To you. Second Corinthians chapter one. It says, "I in that chapter two, verse verse. Uh, sorry, chapter one, verse verse one. It says, Paul, apostle of Christ Jesus, by will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints through Achaia." Grace and peace to you from God the Father, God our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch this. Verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, 
Did you see what Paul is saying? <laughs> yeah. well, why is God, why is Paul saying that? He says, he who comforts us, verse 4, in all our troubles, <laughs> he wants to talk about the trouble with the face, so that we can comfort those who are in trouble. If you did not get into trouble and God comforts you, how will you know how to comfort those in trouble? That's what Paul is saying. So any trial that you have gone through, and it's very easy for you to, to help those who are, who are in such condition anytime. So every trial that you go through is another experience. And that's why James, you know, finished it uh, in chapter 1 of James, which is a very, very interesting book. James chapter 1 from verse, verse 2. Consider it your joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. You know that it's not easy. To be having pain and to be happy. Yes. He didn't say consider it your happiness. Mm. Because happiness comes by virtue of what you see. He says consider it pure joy. Yes. Christians can rejoice mm. in pain. Because the joy of the Lord is a substance of the Holy Spirit. It's different from happiness. Happiness comes by pleasure derived. Or joy comes by the indwelling spirit of the most high. That's why you and I, if we have to pray every day, if you don't pray and ask Holy Spirit for feeling, Holy Spirit for empowerment every day, you are making a great mistake. Because Holy Spirit is the only one that Jesus left with us on earth. And we are not be using him. He's the only one that can produce joy in the most adverse situation. That's why I said, if Job had Holy Spirit in him, Holy Spirit would have deprived him from saying those things because as godly as Job was, is those of Holy Spirit, I tell you, the manifestation of Holy Spirit in you will be, will be very, very strong. Very, very strong. Even in the flesh, you can see how strong he is before God. So, and you and I have the privilege of the Holy Spirit. So that when we face trial, persecution, pain, sorrow, you know, grief, we don't behave like the world. Always recognize who you are all the time. Look inside you. And it says, because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance. Some of us who are in the haze are in the haze. God have to slow you down through a trial. Perseverance must finish his work so that you may be matured and complete and like your maturity. You see, the reason why God will take us through pain is to mature us so that we can be complete and lack nothing. But let me say this to you, therefore, he ended by saying, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask from God. We're going to lift up our voices together as one. Now, I'm beginning to pray for the spirit of wisdom. Oh, you're going to tell the Lord, give me wisdom, O oh God. You, Father Lord, I thank ask you, for wisdom, wisdom, wisdom of the Holy wisdom Spirit. Of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom Lord, give me wisdom. wisdom. Give me the Lord, spirit of wisdom. Ask the Lord to grant you the spirit of wisdom. In all trials that you are going through, tell the Lord, open all my prophetic senses. Lord, grant me the spirit of wisdom in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of trial, in the midst of sorrow, in the midst of all the encounters I have. Grant me the spirit of revelation. Give me the spirit of wisdom, O God, the revelation of you. Father, we pray that we pray that we pray that. Tell the Lord, open all my prophetic senses. Oh Lord, my eyes, my ears, Lord, my, my sense of spirit, the discernment that is that is 
to found, my God, give it to me. Tell God, Holy Spirit, walk joy out of me. Let joy be in me in the midst of trial and tribulation. Lord, help me not to lose my mind like Job did. Help me not to lose my mind because of circumstances that is happening to me. You have said you will not allow temptation that is higher than us to happen to us. Father, grant me grace. Grant me grace over every temptation. Grant me grace over every temptation. Tell the Lord, pray for grace over temptation. And wisdom in trial. Grace in temptation. Wisdom in trial. Grace in temptation. Wisdom in trial that the devil will not overcome me. Oh, sovereign Lord, I pray thee. Father, 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 we pray thee. Tell the Lord, guide me in the way I should go. Tell the Lord to guide you in the way you should go. Give you the spirit of insight, give you the spirit of understanding as you are going toward the end of the month. If you look at today, we have entered the second half of the month of March. He says, I am the Lord who teaches you what is best for you. Tell the Lord, teach me what is best for you. In this very month, March, teach me, lead me, guide me by your Holy Spirit into what you have prepared for me. He says, I will guide you in the way you should go. I am the God who teaches you what is best for you. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Take me what is best for me, O God. We are part the first half of March. I am still expecting, O God, from you that all what you have ordained for me for the month of March shall be manifest in the name of Jesus. He says, I'm the one who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. Tell the Lord, direct me in the way I should go. Isaiah 48 verse 17. Direct me in the way I should go. Lord, direct me, direct me every day. Direct me, direct me, direct me. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Psalm 32 verse 8. Tell the Lord, instruct me, O God. Teach me, instruct me, direct me, give me counsel. God the Holy Spirit, I submit to your counsel. Tell the Lord, give me insight. He said, Do people not say four more months than there is harvest? The Lord told us now, Look up, the harvest is here, the harvest is here. Tell the Lord, lead me to your harvest, O God. 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 Masha Parama. Pray with your heart unto God. Now tell the Lord. Commit to the Lord what you have for this month. Tell the Lord, I commit to you all my plans. Proverbs 16, chapter verse 3. Chapter 16, verse 3 and 4. Commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plan will succeed. Lord will commit all what we do to you. Let our plans succeed. Tell the Lord, let your plans for me succeed. Let your plans for, Let me, your plans for me succeed. Let your plans Breathe upon the plans of my heart. Of Give me success from Zion. Release your angels over my plans. Give me success in all I do as I go to the end of the month. Tell the Lord now, march out before me. Guide and direct me with pillar of fire and cloud. Isaiah 42, 13. The Lord will march out like a mighty man. Like a warrior, he will stir up his ear. With a shout, he will raise a battle cry. I'm triumphant. Tell the Lord, march out before me. Fight my battles for me. For the rest of my triumph over your enemies. 
Lord, match up before me. Lord, match up before me. Kara baba bogoshita. Bamre broko telebro tomosi. Ye pamale kreke ne duskarabanda. Tell the Lord every plan of Satan against me, against my household, against our churches, will frustrate it in the name of Jesus. For the month of March, it will not happen. It will not happen. It will not happen. It will not happen. It will not take place. Every council of hell will nullify in the name of Jesus. He said, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people from the countries of the East. Everyone that the devil has said captive will command them to be free. We break every chain. Zechariah chapter 9 verse 8. I will defend my house. Tell the Lord, defend my cross, O God. Defend my cross, O God. If anybody among us, if you are in a position whereby some people gang up against you in your office, by tomorrow you will see results. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord will disarm them. The Lord will dismantle them. Panda Rabashata Kamalode. Defend our house, O God. Defend our church, O God. From marauding forces. You say never again will an oppressor overrun my people. For I am keeping watch. Tell the Lord. I am under your shelter, O God. Defend my cause. Defend the cause of my children, my family. Your husband, your wife, pray for them. Defend our cause, O God. Defend the cause of every member of our churches in the in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you are the one keeping watch. Do not allow the enemy. Do not allow the enemy. Tell the Lord, put a ring of fire around me. Put a ring of fire around us. A ring of fire. Glory, glory within, glory within. Fire around, fire around, fire around. That your name may be exalted. Father, we bless and glorify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Now let's pray for the nations of the earth. We are going to sabotage every plan of the devil against nations. And our scripture that we did yesterday is the book of Isaiah 14, 24 to 27. The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan, it shall be, as I purpose, it will stand. I will cross the Assyrian in my land, I will, on my holy mountain, I will trample them down. His yoke shall be taken away from my people. The yoke of Satan over every nation, over continent, begin to destroy in the name of Jesus. He says, this is the plan for the whole world. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus, we, we collaborate with heaven now. We call forth. Let thy will be done in Africa. Let thy will be done in Europe. Let thy will be done in America. Let thy will be done in Asia, Australasia, Paradise, Solomon. Let your will be done in the Middle East. <coughs> Break the yoke of Satan, oh God. He says, I will take their yoke from my people. For bodies shall be removed. Lord, we break the yoke of Satan over nations. We break the yoke of Satan over rulers of nations. From United Nations, every organization that's supposed to handle to care for the poor. The yoke of Satan over them will break it. Control of devil over them will break it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The yoke of Satan over our life will break it. The yoke of Satan over our country will break it. We pray for Africa, every nation in Africa, from Egypt to God, Cairo to South Africa, the West African countries. We pray for the Central African region. We pray for God. We pray for Somalia. We pray for Ethiopia, We break the yoke of Satan over Nigeria, over Ghana, over Togo, over over Liberia, We break the power of Satan and the control of Satan over Malawi, over Gambia, over Kenya, Yafra, Niger, Moscow, Moshiva, 
heart from the north pole to the south pole as you fly, oh Holy Spirit. Let your fire fall upon the nation. As you fly, oh Holy Spirit, let your fire fall upon the nation from latitude to latitude. Let all the weapons of Satan kept in the atmosphere because they will fire. All the weapons of Satan kept under the ground. Holy Spirit of God, as you flap your wing from the North Pole, and the, the lights of the skies are responding. Every spirit of hell, put them to fly from nation to nation, weaken them and destroy their powers and struggle. Let their struggle catch fire here, Paramasa. Under the sea, in the skies and clouds, flap your wing, Holy Ghost. Flap your wing, Holy Ghost. Fire, fire upon the nations, upon your people. That the light will shine in the midst of darkness. People will run into it. The last harvest of the souls of mankind. Lord, we bless you. We glorify thee. We exalt and magnify your name. Lift up your voice and thank God for this hour. Lord, 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 we bless you, we bless you, we bless you. We give you the praise and honor and glory. We magnify the Jehovah. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. I want you to stretch your hands before the Lord. Let me read the blessings of God upon you. The blessings of God neutralizes the curses of men. The blessings of God destroy totally and swallows up the predetermined decisions of hell. I stand in the right hand of God in Christ Jesus and speak over you. I say to you, the Lord answer you when you are in distress. Amen. I say the name of the God of Jacob will protect you. May he send you help. For the rest half of the month of March from this sanctuary. And may he grant you support from Zion. May the Lord most high remember all your sacrifices. You will not grow tired. You will not grow weary. All your offerings shall come before God as a memorial. And now may the Lord accept your bond offering. All your bending of your knees, your praying day and night, may separate may the aroma and the smoke of your prayers register in the in the in the in the courtyard of God before the presence of the Father, our Father and God, and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. May He remember all the sacrifices and burnt offering, and may He answer you within this week. This week has just started. We're in the middle of the week. Before the end of this week. May you, may the Lord grant the desires of your heart. May help come for you and fulfill your desire. The Bible says the expectation of the righteous will not be cut off. I say your expectation will not be cut off. Amen. Your desire shall be realized. Amen. The Lord will, will surprise you Amen. by manifesting your plans. He will give you resources to, to, be, to succeed in your plan. Amen. The Lord bless your brain. The Lord bless your memory. The Lord yeah. bless your mind. Yeah. The Lord bless your body. Yeah. Those who have been held bound in sickness, you are set free from this hour. Yeah. I curse every sickness in your body to die. Yeah. I command every tiredness that Satan sent against you, willingness to die in the name yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Let the revival come to your soul. Yeah. <clears throat> Where the stirring up of God comes to your spirit, man. Yeah. You will achieve all that God has said before you. Yeah. We will all shout for joy. 
by the end of this week where we are victorious and we will lift up the banner in the name of our God. May the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, may he grant your requests from January and may he fulfill the prophecies he has spoken over us even in your life in this season. In Jesus' holy and anointed name I pray. I want to pray for those who are having birthdays today. Um, among them is uh, one of our sisters, Sister Teresa Adomako, who turned 70 exactly today. We celebrate you, Sister Teresa, and Sister Obimbi's birthday is today. Uh, but I know that a number of more people, maybe on the, on the, on the YouTube, you know, uh, others who have not given their names, you are celebrating your birthday. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for all your people who are born today. We thank you because they were born today to the world, but more, much more importantly, they are born again into Christ. And we thank you for this privilege. Not everybody who were born to the world are born again. Not many, everybody who came to this world have eternal hope with God. Many shipwrecked, but you are the one who have guided their hearts and minds to know you, the only true God. May the Lord open the book of remembrance concerning you. Amen. May he fulfill his purpose for you in life. Amen. May he empower and increase you in everything and Amen. grant you success according to his uh, holy mandate. May, you, may the Lord grant you long life Amen. and prosperity. And for the sister Teresa is 70 today. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 90, I take me, O Lord, to number my days. Right, that I may set my heart upon the part of wisdom. Say seventy is your is your age, and say oh, about eighty, but the rest of it, it is mercy, because you have turned seventy. May the Lord embrace you. All the years you have lost, all the years Satan has stolen, I speak them in this your seventy, that God will crown you with glory, and the Lord will restore your bones and your health as you grow older now into the journey of old age. May the Lord protect your bones and marrows and organs. Yeah. May the Lord grant you as you grow older to grow deeper in the spirit of the Most High. And may the Lord grant you that your old days shall be a resource for the younger ones to contact God. That your life will, you, you will do more expert spiritually. You will evangelize more than ever. Through you, more people will come to the kingdom as you grow older. May the Lord strengthen and bless your children and grandchildren. I may Lord grant you all your desires for life. Yeah. I pray the same prayer for everyone under my voice tonight, that it shall be so for you as well. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we pray your blessing and peace into every marriage, into every home, and especially those who are having their marriage ceremony, well, their anniversary today. May your mercy and your covenant concerning marriage be fulfilled in all these lives. In Jesus' holy and anointed name. We are praying with our amen. Amen. amen and amen. May the Lord bless you.